Welcome to Managing Marketing, a weekly podcast where we discuss the issues and opportunities facing marketing, media and advertising with industry thought leaders and practitioners. Today, I'm sitting down with John Broom, CEO of the Australian Association of National Advertisers, also known as the AANA. Welcome, John. Thank you very much. Good to be here. John, it's been, I think, for anyone, a interesting year, would be to put it mildly. Um, in your role as uh, CEO of the AANA, you must have a phenomenal view across the marketplace. What's your uh, take on 2020? Well, I exited 2020 with mixed feelings, to be honest. Um, yes, on the one hand, it was the year from hell and many people just want to put it behind them. But also I thought that in that hell, it posed many challenges for us and uh, I think whether it was the AANA or indeed uh, you know the organization of people who are listening here today um, we went through some revolutions and I think you know some tremendous tremendous courage being shown some learnings uh, that we, we've all we've all benefited from so I think um, with the passing of time I'll look back on 2020 with increasing fondness. Because, you know, we all talk about the disruption, but you're right, in disruption is opportunity to reflect and perhaps create things that are new that yeah. you may not have even considered before. Yeah, and I think um, one of the first first questions I had to ask myself as, you know, we entered March and it was quite clear that it's going to be a very unusual year was you either uh, lose control or you take control. And it's a real simple choice. Um, you know, the, the, the actions in front of you are distinct depending on, on, on which of those options you take. And I think, it, you know, the, you have to take control. And that's what uh, you know, everyone either sees uh, straight away or they got to that outcome uh, in time. Um, for the AANA, no less than anybody else, we had to take control. And that's what we did. Mm. And I think it's interesting as well, because we talk about 2020 as if, you know, the same thing happened to everyone. But, you know, across uh, marketing and advertising, across business, there mm. were some people that had upsides mm. and there were other people that had really significant downsides. Mm. You know, obviously anyone in airlines and, yeah. and travel, hospitality. But then, you know, the supermarkets, for instance, it was almost a boom season. Yeah. It must have been interesting from the point of view of managing a membership. Yeah. And look, um, uh, broadly speaking, um, you know, I looked at our membership base and uh, you're right, there were a number of different uh, uh, reactions going on. I mean, take the FMCG uh, sector, um, one of the best years they've ever had. Um, you know, not many FMCGs have benefited from, you know, high single digit or double digit growth um, in, you know, for many, many years. So in, in, although it was hard work and they were facing unprecedented supply chain issues and so forth, um, you know the FMCGs and the supermarkets had, a, I think, had a had a great year. Um, the banking, insurance, and financial services industry uh, members, um, I thought that was a great, uh, or it was a great year where they demonstrated uh, clarity over their purpose and a much greater degree of compassion. You know, an opportunity to to really, you know, um, uh, uh, show empathy uh, for you know their customer base. Um, and you saw some great examples of, of that throughout the year, not only, you know, driven by COVID, but of course, coming out of the bushfires at the beginning of the year, um, you know, the way in which brands, you know, stepped up and responded 
in a proactive way was, was quite heartening in many respects. And then, of course, as you mentioned, um, tourism, the sporting codes, and of course, some of our industry members in, uh, in particularly in the outdoor area and the cinema uh, 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 media area, demonstrated amazing resilience given the headwinds they were they were facing, um, and the courage, you know, to 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 stick at it. And uh, and in many ways, I'm very pleased to see the you know the the uh, the media market come back and uh, and those those uh, those uh, industry members, you know come back into the market, which is great. Yeah, what are they calling it? The third quarter comeback. Yeah. You know, it sounds like a sporting yeah. match. Yeah, <laughs> Suddenly uh, uh, media expenditure bounced back. The economy yeah. had uh, what was it, 3% plus growth. Yeah. I think well, we've got to be careful. I think we've got to be very careful. Um, I think there's, um, let's put it this way, you know, optimism is good, um, but to what degree a lot of the driving factors are short-term versus long-term, I think we've just got to be... Uh, uh, careful about that and distinguish uh, distinguish the long-term challenges that are still very clear. I'm much more interested in macroeconomic indicators like, you know, consumer sentiment, GDP, growth, um, and, and so forth, because all the empirical studies, and I love the empirical studies, you know, point to uh, a very strong correlation between, for example, um, uh, media market growth and GDP growth, there's a there's a there's an index of 1.5 at play there, both ways. Yeah. So I think you know, yes, of course, the economy is going to bounce back from what what hit it, you know, in uh, in the April quarter. Um, but to what degree that is then sustained growth over a two or three year period? That's that's where the real upside lies. And I think to your point around uh, optimism's good. Uh, I've seen two reports. One person said, "Of course, it's going to be a bumpy road to recovery," mm. and the other one uh, called out the dead cat bounce, which I just thought was <laughs> yeah. ju- the worst, uh, yeah, yeah. the worst possible metaphor yeah. that you could use because it just had this sense of finality, you know. Yeah, and look, I think I think now that we're into the early early month of uh, or the early start of 2021 and we look back to that last quarter in, in, in 2020 we saw a lot of optimism there um, but I did sense that um, there was a lot of liquidity amongst uh, advertisers because at the end of the day they've most probably been postponing media spend throughout the year and for those that certainly are, are operating on you know a calendar year or even a hard you know half t- uh, you know half year um, they've got to get that money away before the end of the year. Um, plenty of reasons to invest as well. All the sporting um, uh, uh, finals got pushed back. Um, and uh, so there might have been a, quite a bit of you know, short-term money chasing limited, relatively limited inventory. Uh, I think more indicative now is what does the first half of this year look like? Are we going to see sustained growth uh, in advertising spend? Um, you know, Because that's, that's when we can really say, no, 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 it's not a dead cat bounce. It's actually, you know, a bumpy ride to recovery. Yeah. yeah. Now, just to go back a step, which is the challenges that you faced. Yeah. As obviously a leader at the AANA. You've got staff, you know, that mm. were traditionally working in an office. I'm sure you went through all those logistical uh, uh, steps and, and things to get people working safely. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's uh, certainly for us, it's changed forever. You know, we sat down as a team um, uh, just before Christmas and we said, okay, you know, let's assume that, you know, uh, we, we are getting back to some form of, you know, normality. How do we want to approach it? Um, and what we agreed is that ultimately our ultimate, you know, test is uh, 
really about you know, service to our members um, and you know, what is the best way of doing that. Now, we've been doing a pretty good job uh, during COVID. Our engagement levels, um, as we measure them, have been fantastic. If anything, they, they, they were dramatically improved as a result of COVID. Um, and so therefore, we decided that we don't need to come back to the office on a permanent basis. Um, we've agreed a, a drumbeat of, uh, of face-to-face uh, interactions and, and the use of the office. Uh, and then we had another interesting challenge, which is, um, you know, you, you'll be aware that we kind of um, launched a, a capability program um, last year. Uh, and of course, um, oh, when we were used to using members, uh, uh, you know, boardrooms and venues uh, to deliver that training, um, you know, they're very reluctant at the moment to have externals, you know, coming back into their business. We said to ourselves, well, we don't actually need an office in the way that we used to. Uh, but we do need a training center now. So we've turned our office into a training center and we will only use the office for office purposes on a very infrequent basis. So it's kind of like a 180 degree flip. Um, and um, and that is a great outcome because my capability director, Gay, Gay Steele, is now extremely happy that she solved the problem. And the team are happy uh, in the knowledge that, you know, they can continue to, to get the best of both worlds face to face and uh, continued virtual working. It's interesting, isn't it, from a marketing perspective, let's say, because the AANA office was a place of work, but I'm not sure how many of your members would be turning up at the office. You know, yeah. most of my uh, interactions are email or phone in the past have yeah. very occasionally come to the office, but now it's actually going to become a place where people visit. You know, the, yeah. it's the AANA training centre. Yes, absolutely. We might have to put some better pictures on the wall and uh, and, uh, and tidy it up a little bit. We did have it renovated uh, uh, in 2019, so it's not not that bad, but you're absolutely right. It actually gives us a, a physical presence, and ironically, in the way that we never had with the majority of members. Yeah, it's interesting as well because you know I, I know this. Uh, I've been on the record as saying I think there's way too many uh, industry bodies. You mm. know, there's so mm. many, but mm. you know, it seems to me that the AANA over the last what, three years? How long have you been CEO? Uh, yeah, just over three years into fourth year now, yeah. yeah there there feels to be a real drive towards, you know, defining a, perp- a, a very clear purpose, especially with um, one of the big things that you've done in the past 12 months is bring the um, the uh, industry, uh, uh, not accreditation, what's it called? Standards. Yes. Indus- advertising standards. Yes in with the double INA. That's right, that's right. And look, you know, I think um, uh, one of the uh, insights, and I, and I didn't know this when I when I signed on the dotted line, you know, just over three years ago, was, was that the double INA had been around for, since 1928. Yeah. Um, so, you know, kind of like, if, if anyone deserves to stick around, uh, uh, you know, as long as we maintain our relevancy, of course, uh, it's the double INA. So, I am actually following in the footsteps of some, you know, some very distinguished, uh, worthy uh, folks from, from from the past, and uh, and therefore, you know, I want to make sure that uh, when I hand the baton on, that you know, the relevancy of the of, of the double ANA is, um, you know, uh, absolutely in line with what members want. Um, but uh, yeah, I think. Um, uh, so what does this mean mean for the future? Well, so in in that it feels like um, you know the world's changed, yeah. doesn't it? Marketing and advertising have changed. Yeah, 
Um, certainly, the digital world has made things yeah. different. You know, advertising in what was in 1928, advertising was uh, newspapers, radio, maybe some out of home, yeah. and it wasn't called out of home. They would have been billboards. That's right. Whereas today, you know, advertising takes on so many different shapes and yeah. forms. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Like even within the last 12 months, what do you see as the significant steps? That you've managed to navigate, right? right. That takes the double yep. A and sets it up for the say the next yep. ten years at least. Well, look, I think one of the legacies uh, of the past that um, you know can appear confusing for potential uh, members is the word advertising itself, um, and we've we've often debated um, um, uh, whether we should actually change our name um, because. You know, a lot of people I talk to say, well, John, we don't do advertising, you know, um, because because their definition of advertising is traditional forms of advertising. Um, and I think our approach to um, uh, the industry now is much more from more holistic marketing uh, approach because, you know, as somebody who's spent his whole career in marketing and, you know, I know that the average marketer true marketer only spends 15, 20% of their time at most in advertising, inverted commas. Um, the rest of the time is actually around business growth through brands and all the other you know, levers that you can pull you know, to achieve that. So um, I think there is an opportunity for the AANA to have a broader remit around the whole marketing uh, uh, 360 uh, offer. Um, and we're certainly uh, now fulfilling that through the capability that we're, we're bringing to members. Um, you know, and, and we don't see it purely as an advertising capability program. It's very holistic marketing. Is it because advertising, you know, to your point a minute ago, members think of traditional advertising, whereas in actual fact marketing communications and promotions mm. has never been bigger? That's right. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. more money being spent today on the various forms that brands communicate, you know, especially through digital mm. channels. And, you know, you'd have to put content in there. You know, it, it would seem to me that without even going to the, the, the most holistic view of marketing, the role of marketing communications could not be more important, could it? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, the other dimension I'd add for you is, is that... Um, Marketing and advertising has always been treated as a variable cost in the PL. But interestingly, now, you know, we, as, as, as companies and brands invest in tech stacks and things like that, there's a capital cost component in there. In some instances, multiple millions of dollars. Mm. Um, and, and the broader business want to understand where, you know, what, what's the return on, on the investment there? Why am I doing that? Why is that a good, a good, good use of shareholder funds? So it does add a different, interesting dimension uh, to, to to the whole conversation, um, and it does go to show that you know um, the whole marketing communications uh, industry and process is becoming far more complex and as fragmented as we as we know already. Yeah. Um, so where do you see this as uh, opening up the opportunities in twenty twenty one for the WNO? Um, well, first of all, we exited. 2020 um, with uh, as many members as we started 2020 uh, and that was that was a nice surprise uh, because we we felt that during as we entered into covid that we were going to lose a significant number of, uh, of, of of members because quite clearly you know things like uh, membership fees they're, they're they're discretionary expense items very easy to put the red pen through particularly in times of crisis 
Um, but the pleasing thing was, was that um, by having a, a relevant value proposition, by investing in that capability uh, program, for example, uh, members uh, stuck with us. Um, mm. The vast majority did anyway. Um, and we you know, managed to top uh, up those that left us with new members uh, throughout the year. So, so that was good. And that gi- that's giving, a, giving us a good base in which to, to then you know, accelerate um, through into, into 2021. Um, and um, part of that is continue with our existing strategy around you know, offering capability as part of our membership. But two, uh, we've decided uh, to actually open up our membership to uh, small to medium enterprises. Um, and um, this is not necessarily a, a financial play because it will take an awful lot of small businesses to be the equivalent revenue to, say, one large uh, uh, um, uh, uh, business as a member. Um, this is much more around our strategic purpose of uh, wanting to be that representative voice for brands. And as you know, Australia is an economy with a very large uh, uh, bias towards uh, small small business. And if we want to be a credible representative voice for brands, then we need to actually speak on behalf of that uh, sector of the market as well. So um, you'll see a lot of activity going into that during uh, this year. I think it's really important as well because it's the growth that is actually coming from those small brands. You know, um, We hadn't touched on this, but uh, at uh, Reset last year, there was a terrific presentation from the... Uh, uh, who gives a crap? You know. Now this is literally a, a startup, isn't yeah. it? Um, and for those that don't know, you know, uh, uh, provide recycled toilet paper or so environmentally sustainable toilet paper. Yeah, you know, terrific presentation, but probably would not see themselves as traditional members of an organisation like the AANA. Correct, and 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 what what made that presentation from Chris um, uh, very interesting was. For me, it was two things. One, um, the organisation, the brand, has a very, very clear purpose. You know, um, I can't remember the exact figure, but something like ten percent of, uh, sorry, you know, fifty percent of all profits uh, go into investing in providing, uh, you know, uh, hygienic toilets in, you know, in developing uh, countries. Um, so very, 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 very clear, uh, easy to understand purpose. And then the second thing was, Chris, um, he's not a, you know, he's not a CEO by by, by trade, he's, he's not a marketer. You know, he was an engineer who came up with a great idea um, and got and was very passionate and motivated by 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 the purpose of this of his company. Um, yet he took he in some ways took he did he 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 made marketing uh, come across as very uncomplicated uh, to the audience. Um, of course, the audience was made up of worthies of the industry from across the industry and both the demand and the supply side. Yet he broke it down into 10 simple lessons. Um, and it doesn't have to be complicated. Uh, and, and, and I think that was, uh, that was a great lesson to the audience on the day. I thought it was interesting because his first one was Everyone Loves Puppies. Um, and, uh, and one of his competitors had traditionally used, I think, their little puppy uh, Labradors yeah, or Angus, got, yeah, 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 Golden yeah. Retrievers yeah. as the sort of animal symbol of softness. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was quite a cheeky, if he knew it, yeah. go at his competitors. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right, his, uh, his 10 points were absolutely spot on. Mm. as far as things that he'd learnt. The other thing I really got from his presentation, and, and look, I have to congratulate you, I thought un- con- the circumstances 
to pull together such a terrific uh, day of speakers and uh, and and get the audience engaged mm. was was fantastic. But um, back to the, the the point was, you know, he um, he said that his very first product launch. He messed up the perforations of the toilet paper. And I was sitting there thinking, what would you do if you're a big corporate? You know, you'd have corporate affairs saying, don't say anything, it'll go away. Yeah. And legal saying, don't admit anything. Yeah. And he just said, I screwed up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm going to fix it. Well, yeah. Yeah. The value, <laughs> the value of honesty. Yeah, um, exactly. Which is great. Yeah. No, I think, thank you. Thank you. For, thank you for calling out Reset. It, 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 that's was one of the other highlights, I think, of 2020. And uh, um, literally the week before uh, Reset, we had the uh, South Australian uh, state situation where they were uh, going into lockdown again. And, of course, Judy Gillard, our keynote speaker, was due to fly in from Adelaide. So, you know, literally a week before, we didn't have a keynote speaker. Um, but I think that, you know, that was just another example of what, you know, lots of uh, marketers have faced through throughout last year, you know, crises at the last minute. And it's and it's and it's not so much well. You didn't predict that. It's more a case of well, what do you do, mm. you know, uh, in the moment. And um, and we had, you know, just like everyone else, we had Plan A, Plan B, Plan C, Plan D, etc. Et um, but it all came good in the end, and, and it was a good opportunity to actually reset, reset, and um, we'll take those learnings forward into this year's reset as well. Well, um, you ended up not having your chair there on the day because they woke up uh, feeling unwell and <laughs> felt and I told that you should not to come. Yeah. Exactly. No, literally, I was uh, I was I was driving, you know, to Randwick at six thirty in the morning, and uh, he rang through. He said, "John," and he sounded he sounded as crook as a dog, and uh, I said, "Mate, you you." Got to go and get tested. You mm. you can't you can't come. But don't worry. You know um, I will appoint a deputy chair. <laughs> exactly. Who stood up on the day and did an excellent job. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was the banks and especially financial services mm. and how uh, they you know almost demonstrated a humanity mm. as organisations mm. and brands. Mm that is often touched upon in advertising but feels like rarely delivered mm. in uh, mm. in reality. Mm. Have you also noticed the same across all of business? No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, I, I, I think... Um I think that look, there was some genuine desire across across the industry right at the beginning uh, of, of the crisis. Um, and we all remember, you know, the kind of, you know, we're in this together uh, 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 ads that came across and they all kind of like blended into each other and there was that famous YouTube video. Um, but I think um, uh, that was the first reaction, right? Um, I, and, and I think with all the benefit of hindsight, there wasn't a lot of kind of like, you know, deep deep thinking going on at the, at, the, at the time around, well, what is the insight that's relevant to our proposition that is meaningful to, you know, our, our, our marketplace that we know you know, uh, will have a strong level of connection, you know, particularly on, at the emotional level, um, uh, because ultimately that's where brands are built. And I think um, only a handful, you know, uh, uh, actually successfully did that throughout, you know, and, and maintained that throughout the year and will most probably be remembered for it by that customer base over the yeah. long term. Yeah, because, I mean, in many ways, Everyone's suffering, yeah. in, in some way. Yeah. You, know, uh, you point before about even those, you know, the, the categories like FMCG and uh, and uh, supermarkets 
are absolutely struggling just to keep supply chains going. You know, poor old Australia Post has yeah. got millions more yeah. packages that need to be delivered. Then there's others like, you know, the, the airlines and that, you know, they're, they're suffering for the other reason. Yeah. You know, they're barely keeping things together. That's, that's right. And look, you know, um, we, we, we went from the, um, you know, the, the, um, the standard ad with the empty streets and the piano music playing gently in the background to... Uh, a, a lot of ads, you know, featuring people living, you know, through Zoom meetings, you know, uh, quite frankly, you could put five or six of those ads up, take the brands out, and I couldn't tell you which which brand goes with which ad. And that's the issue. Um, uh, there wasn't a, 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 a really relevant human truth, uh, you know, that belonged to each of those brands that was being explored in, 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 in any meaningful way. And I think Perhaps that, in hindsight, that's an opportunity that particularly the creative side of our industry perhaps missed. And, mm. uh, you know, uh, but not to worry. Um, those opportunities are with us always. Um, and they're just a question of waiting to be discovered and, and taken advantage of. Something about the new normal, isn't it? Isn't everyone trying to define the new normal? You will, you will not find me using that expression um, <laughs> because, because normal for me just means status quo. Yeah. Usual, expected, you know. That's not the way to grow businesses. Actually, you you know, kind of you, you want to uh, strive for change. You know, to seek competitive advantage to upset the competitor. Um, so um, we should be avoiding the new normal. Yes, in fact, defining the way that we want the future normal to be. Yeah, and it, and, it, and it simply goes back to the point I said at the beginning about being in control. Now, there's some big challenges, you know, facing advertising and marketing globally, you know, and we've seen them, uh, yeah, some of them have been addressed last year with uh, the w, uh, WFA mm -hmm. have launched uh, in the US and the UK uh, around uh, multi-channel measurement. Yep. Um, and we've, uh, we've got ongoing issues around the uh, programmatic supply chain. There's, uh, there's issues with privacy laws that continue to go on. We've, uh, in Australia, the ACCC and the Senate seem to have uh, uh, hearing after hearing and, and inquiry after inquiry around uh, media mm. in this country. I mean, this must uh, set up a fairly full dance card for the AANA. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, uh, the first two that you mentioned um, are certainly... Uh, either continue to be or are now at the top of our list going forward. So um, we are uh, leaning into uh, what we call uh, all-channel audience measurement. I love my acronym, so that's ACAM for short. Nice. Uh, much easier to say than cross-media channel, whatever. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, there will be some news on that um, uh, in February next month um, to share with the industry. Um, but... We um, are very pleased that we have a very strong relationship, uh, particularly not just with the WFA, but with ISBAR uh, in the UK. And um, I've been uh, kept up to speed with the UK Origin project, which is the first pilot uh, uh, project for um, uh, all audience, uh, sorry, all channel audience measurement. Um, built off the back of the WFA principles, which we shared uh, you know, a few months ago. And I think the, some of the fundamental shifts here are that um, we are looking for uh, audience measurement that obviously delivers, you know, unduplicated uh, uh, reach and frequency, but it covers off, you know, all the aspects of uh, planning, buying and, and, and reporting. Um, 
we want it to well there is what you know, it's an advertiser led initiative as an, as opposed to necessarily something that uh, a particular uh, channel provides uh, to to the industry so or supply side led um, and there's some big questions therefore around well what is the governance structure you put behind that who funds it does the advertiser fund it for example so potentially some quite radical differences compared to how the current uh, audience measurement systems have worked in the past, all to be worked out. And look, there's no escaping the fact this is a humongous, you know, audacious, you know, uh, uh, project. Mm. Um, and it will take, you know, I, I estimate two to three years, you know, to, to get right. Um, but I think um, some of the bigger markets, they're already taking those first steps with, their, with those, those pilots. And uh, as an optimist, uh, I like to believe that there's an opportunity for an agile market like Australia to be a fast follower. You know, stay, stay in tune with the Brits and the Americans, you know, uh, with, with uh, 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 all due graciousness, allow them to make the mistakes yeah. and correct them. Uh, hopefully we can then just pick up, you know, the, the, the best practice model and, and do something here. But it will lead to uh, an industry conversation because I think this has to be a collaborative a solution at the end of the day. Um, we can't do this on our own. Well, otherwise, you know, it, it becomes impossible. I mean, my uh, concern is picking big markets like the US and like the UK, while there is obvious huge upsides, mm. upsides getting it right. Yeah. There are also huge vested interests that are also in the way. Yeah. You know, and I just wonder whether that sometimes, you know, the idea that marketers used to have smaller test markets yeah. and whether Australia could again be one of those places where you can uh, implement yeah. and and, and uh, test these concepts relatively yeah. quickly. You know, I do understand that media markets vary a lot. You know, our own business mm. in different markets, there's nuances in every market. There's different ways of doing yeah. things. But I still think there's... There's something about the Australian market that is similar enough to the main Western markets yeah. for advertising. And look, you know, as, as much as I want to be an optimist, I'm also a realist. And it, to be frank, it all starts with mindset. Um, where there's a will, there's a way. Um, um, oh, I heard where there's a will, there's relatives. But... <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. But the point is, is that I, I can understand why uh, there could be a great deal of scepticism um, and worry uh, from certain quarters of the industry around change. You know, um, how will this impact me? You know, in my in in in, in my channel, um, and nobody wants to lose uh, what they've got. So therefore, um, I think we have to. First step is really to to suspend judgment, to s suspend that that question for a while, and actually uh, just understand well what is it we're actually trying to achieve here. Um, at the end of the day, it is an advertiser voice, you know, promoting uh, this message. So it's a demand-led uh, um, uh, initiative. Um, and, and then say, well, okay, how can we do this in a way that actually builds a better outcome for the industry as a whole uh, and not worry too much in the first instance around, you know, how I might gain or how I might lose? I mean, the, just going back to your point around, you know, uh, local versus global, um, Absolutely, it's the best of both. That's what ideally we want. Um, but the reason why we have to think global as well is because 
clearly there are some uh, global participants uh, uh, involved in this, and we we need uh, all those global participants to be inside the tent. So, you know, um, uh, you know the platforms, for example, um, have to be part of the solution. Also, uh, some of our members are global, you know, advertisers, um, and both sets of, of of constituents don't want you know uh, you know th- you know thirty or forty uh, different designs of the wheel. They want one no, version right. of the wheel, um, and um, so therefore we have to find the best of both worlds. But I, I don't believe in in the first instance that you know we're just going to wait until the UK Origin project you know, uh, achieves what it's uh, designed to do and then say, okay, fine, we'll pick that up and put it here. I suspect, you know, w- what what good would look like is if we could say, all right, 65 to 70 or 80% of what, you know, Origin has done is, you know, totally replicable here and relevant here in Australia. But, you know, we need to uh, add in our own 20, 25% or whatever uh, to make sure it's op- optimised for the Australian market. John, it sounds like uh, 2021 is shaping up for a year of you bringing all of the players to the table. Um, yeah, look, and, and, and I think uh, that's a philosoph- philosophical approach we take at the AANA. Um, uh, you know, we, we are relatively unique for industry associations in the sense that we have both the demand and the supply side represented within our membership. And, and that's under the belief that, you know, when we do have issues between those two sides, uh, it's, be- you know, it's better to have a conversation and, and, and nut it out, even if it's a frank, free and frank conversation. It's better to do that as opposed to chucking grenades at each other through the trade press or uh, or, or whatever. Nobody wins uh, 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 with that. And the other thing as well is, is that as much as we like to think of the Australian marketplace is, uh, is the bee's knees, you know, we're kind of like most probably number 12 or number 13 or number 14 on the global scale. Mm. So there's a level of pragmatism that has to come into any, any solution. Yeah. Look, if you're going to collaborate and work out solutions, that's great as long as progress gets made. And of course, be completely transparent in the process. That's all anyone wants is to actually see change happen. And, and look, you know, um, one one little maxim that I always write down in my notebooks, and I refer to it, you know, the most dire moments in meetings, which seem to be heading south at a rapid rate of knots, is uh, dismiss the impossible. Um, and I think sometimes. Um, you know, this is not going to be an easy project. Um, and and when, we, when we hit those roadblocks, you just don't give up. You, you know, you kind of like find ways uh, to resolve things um, and, and, and keep moving on. Uh, on. On the belief that there is an outcome um, that can be achieved. And uh, it's just a question of how do you get there? So uh, I've just noticed the time, but mm. I, I'm going to put you on the spot and say, looking back on last year, on 2020, what would be the three things that you're uh, happiest about? Um, look, I think um, one was a kind of like human one, which is um, uh, increasing our relevance and having deeper, uh, um, going deeper into our members' teams. Um, one of the criticisms of the AANA, I would say, is, is that We've tended to operate at the senior marketing level. Um, the whole COVID experience, uh, by moving all our engagement online in the space of weeks, meant that we were reaching brand managers, marketing managers, you know, and, and, and various different departments within within the CMO's team. Uh, and we saw our engagement, you know, uh, shoot through the roof into the in, in, into the thousands, which is great. And we ran programs like, you know, the peer group program, for example. We had um, 
uh, 15 volunteer CMOs who gave up their time and uh, through a curated program over six weeks, we had young marketers, uh, well, actually not just young marketers, we actually had some fairly senior marketers as well, join those peer groups um, uh, from different companies, different categories, uh, you know, sharing their experiences around what they were going through, uh, both, you know, in the job uh, and as individuals. And that was very powerful. That was a different side of the AA that we saw. And uh, the demand from the membership is was they want to continue with that uh, this year as well, which right. is great. Um, I think... Um, the second one? The second one, I would say, um, is, is really about membership. And the point I made earlier around exiting last year with the same number of, of members that we, we entered the year, that was, that was a pleasant surprise. Uh, and again, testament to my team for, for, for making sure that uh, our value proposition was changed and relevant uh, for, to, to go through that last year. Um, and then I think the third one was um, a resetting reset. Um, which um, has given us um, a model to to work towards for this year and and, and next year, um, and we will we'll keep pushing that as well. Um, and in some ways, I can see how uh, the first one actually led to the second one. If the, by deepening the engagement within the organisation, mm. uh, you actually then get people to stick because they see the value on a, a deep level with yeah. it and a broad level within the organisation, yeah. not just with one or yeah. two people at the top. On that basis, um, if we're sitting here in a year's time, and I'm not asking for a prediction, mm. but what would you want to be the measure of the success of the AANA in the next 12 months? That If we're sitting here in the start of 2022 and we're having this conversation, you would include it as one of the things that you've achieved. So look, I, I, I want a stronger membership base. Um, part, part of that will be delivered through the work that we're going to do through SMEs. Um, and the other uh, half of it will be delivered through a broadening capability program, which um, we're getting great, great feedback from members. We're now going from a stage of where we were delivering programs to, say, 20 individuals from uh, across different com- companies and brands. We'll still do that. But we're now getting uh, uh, members uh, saying, can you run that program bespoke for us in-house for my entire team? Um, so so that's, that's demonstration that, you know, what uh, uh, Gay uh, is, is designing is really, you know, uh, the, the, the rubber's hitting the road. So, that, so that's great. And I see that as a core part of our proposition. Um, so I think, you know, increasing corporate, major corporate membership, uh, uh, um, starting to build penetration in, in, uh, in, in uh, small to medium-sized enterprises, that that that's those are two great metrics, but uh, but I, I would also say that amongst those people who are engaging uh, with the double ANA as members, high degree of of satisfaction, and you know we like any other organisation, we have an NPS score, um, and um, uh, we want to continue to see that build. Mm. It's interesting uh, when you say SME, uh, people should be aware that we're not talking about micro businesses. We're not even talking about very small businesses. You know, one of the things that was driven home to me is that the top 5,000 private companies are medium to large enterprises, but Mm. they're private companies Mm. that largely fly under the radar because they're not on the ASX or some other listed entity. And they contribute billions and billions of dollars to GDP. 
So, you know, when you talk about SMEs, I'm sure you're not necessarily talking about the, uh, the one or two person no. business. You're talking about, you know, major, major businesses that are adding value to the economy. And, and look, yeah, I think um, let's look at it for a different lens. Yeah, you know, the most people will understand the, uh, the Nielsen top 200 advertiser list, which has gone through, by the way, massive transformation mm. in the last uh, 10 years, as we all know. You know, brands that were up there in the top 20 are now kind of like down at 151, 152, and quite a surprise. But it's really about, to your point, you know, uh, uh, advertiser number 201, you know, uh, to most probably advertiser 1,000, you know, 500 or, or, or whatever. Because mm-hmm. um, we did the analysis. There is 1,300 advertisers spending over a million dollars. Yep. In the two hundred to fifteen hundred. Yeah, and 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 look, I, I think um, uh, the AANA can help those mm. other thirteen hundred um, uh, advertisers um, primarily through helping them extract more value out of their brands. Mm. You know, whether that's through capability, you know, best practices, guidelines, advocacy, uh, uh, or even you know, maintaining a self-regulatory system. That allows them, you know, their freedoms and rights to advertise in a, in a, you know, in a socially responsible way, providing the right conditions for them to grow their brands. That's what the AANA can provide. So, um, yeah, we look forward to that Herculean well, task, but uh, <laughs> still, I'm sure you're up to it. Yeah. Hey, John, thank you very much for uh, making the time and sitting down to having the conversation. Before you go, I'm just really interested in. Well, yeah, you're you're a man of metrics. How many members do you want to have in a year's time?